How y'all doing that? Show like to thank y'all for stopping by for another episode of this Removing the Illusion podcast. Man, look at here. Now, y'all know as always, before I get going on what I'm going to talk about here and what I'm going to present to y'all, I want to tell y'all what I'm smoking on. Man, and tonight, let me tell you, I'm smoking on an Aladino cigar. Man, this is a good stick. Aladino. I hope I'm pronouncing that right with my Louisiana education and all, but this is a good stick. And you know what the interesting thing about this stick here? Sometime last year, uh, two, of the, two of my cigar buddies, we went down to Corona down in Orlando, down on Sand Lake Road. We went, we went there. We just, you know, just took a little day trip, a little, a little cigar trip. You know, it's only maybe about an hour and a half from here. So we just took a little cigar trip on a Saturday evening. Uh, went down there to Corona on Sand Lake, Sand Lake. You know, we like to spend a little money on the local economy, our little cigar lounges. So went down there. And when you go into Sand Lake, the sand, there's Corona on Sand Lake is, is, is a smaller footprint, but it has more cigars than, uh, than uh, the Corona downtown Orlando. When you walk into Corona on Sand Lake, when you first walk in, the little uh, the little sitting area and the bar area is like to the left, and it's a little small little sit- sitting area, you know, compared to the other ones. But to the right, when you walk in, is just a whole bunch of cigars. And let me tell you, they got when I say they got just about everything, every kind of cigar you can imagine. They got down there at Corolla down on Sand Lake. And what I like about Corolla on Sand Lake is that the guys that's back there behind that thing, the official, the, the folks who be helping people trying to pick out what they want to smoke, them some pretty good knowledgeable fellas. Them fellas know what they talking about when it comes down to cigars. And they going to find you something that fits your palate that you want to try. And even even though the little bar area ain't that big, right, they, are, they, got, they got some nice drinks for y'all to sit there and uh, sip on why y'all smoking on, on one of them good sticks that one of them folks recommend for y'all. But we went down there uh, this particular Saturday evening, and uh, like I say, you kind of get overwhelmed when you go in there because it's just so much cigar, just so many different types of cigars and everything. You can get overwhelmed. And this is one of the incidents when I was kind of aware, but one of the guys do in our group, he's very knowledgeable when it comes to cigars. He done been in Nicaragua, he done been everywhere, and he's got a cigar collection that's just out of this world. He probably got more cigars than a lot of these cigar lounges do uh, in their humidor. And in his home humidor, he's got a bunch of cigars. But he turned me on this Aladino. I had, I had, I had the little, the stick that, the stick that I had was I had the Corona. I had the five by forty-four Corona. That's the one that I, the the, the one that I. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I had, I had the five by five. I, had, yeah, I had the five by five. Excuse me, the five by five thirty-two Santi S A N T I Santi. That's the one that I first smoked. Let me tell you something. That was a good stick from the minute that that, that that fella cut it for me and I took a first puff, I fell in love with Aladino right then and there. And I bought me probably about two sticks before I left there and smoked one on the highway back home. That's a good stick, man. If y'all ever get a chance to get your hands on one Aladino. Now, for a long time now, I couldn't find them nowhere, but well, I never really looked at them. I never really thought about them until I had that one at uh, Corona down on Sand Lake. But after that, I looked for him, even my little local cigar spot, Roz. Roz didn't carry Aladino. But like I say, one of the fellas in the cigar group who's very knowledgeable, he told Roz about these Aladinos, right? So Roz went out and bought some, and he keeps some night at the cigar spot now. You see what I'm saying? And let me tell you, I sure enjoyed this stick here, this Aladino. It was, it was surprisingly, uh, uh, surprisingly good to me also. It was kind of like a medium you know, it's kind of like a medium because it was an afternoon. I hadn't ate yet, and and that's why it was really good for my palate too. I really enjoyed this Aladino. So if y'all ever get a chance to go to your little cigar spot, man, y'all gotta try one of these Aladino. Okay, this is a Julio R. Eero cigar, so you know it's got to be a good one here. Now I'm gonna tell y'all about it right here. Now I'm gonna give y'all a whole lot of background on this thing here. Now the little website that I'm reading off of right here is Two Guys Cigars, right? Now it says that right here, it says this Aladino is an old school Honduro cigar. The rapper Biden and Philly Leaves create this Puro Honduran 
that would take the seasoned cigar smoker back. And let me tell you something. When I hit this cigar, I taste it. I taste it. I taste the season. I tasted the notes in it. Now, a lot of cigars, you know, they give you all this talk about cedar coffee and all that kind of stuff. I can't be tasting all that. I can tell you that I'm tasting something, but I can't, the, the, uh, the infiant, you know, I got Louisiana accent. I can't tell the difference, the, the infiant, uh, tell the difference, you know, between, you know, what it is, but I know the nose. But when I hit this Aladino, let me tell you something. A good cigar to me, when I hit it and it, and it fills up the flavor in my lips, I can feel it taste it in my lips, I know it's a good stick. And that's how this Aladino hit me. You see what I'm saying? But let me go on with this thing here, man. This thing say the seasoned cigar smoker takes the seasoned cigar smoker back. Aladino uses the famous Cuban Corojo C that is no longer used in Cuba. No, 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 not Cuba no more. They, they don't use that thing over there no more. This prize seed is controlled by one man, Julio Iru. And this particular Lego uses 100% Corujo in all sizes. See, this is his seed here. This, 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 uh, this fella here, Julio Hero, this is his seed here. This Cuban Corujo seed. And he uses that in all sizes. Now, I'm looking at the sizes here. He's got a 5x44 Corona. He's got a 5x50 Robusto. And he, he got the 5x5x32 five by five by Santee, the one that I originally tried. And he's got the 6x50 Toro. And he's got the 6x60 Gordo. Now, I did try the Toro. I did come back. Matter of fact, we'll probably be like last month, maybe. Uh, I tried the uh, I tried the Toro because Roz has Roz got the Santee and he had the Toro too. I tried the Toro and the Toro was just every bit of good as that Santee and it was a consistent, right? Consistent smoke, evenly burned. Man, this Aladino was a good smoke, man. I got it right here. Now we get a little bit more background on this thing, Al Aladino here, because it was a surprisingly good stick to me. Okay. The name Aladino comes from the name of the movie theater that was turned into his factory where he rolls these cigars. Julio R. Iru grows every leaf from his own farms and the cigars are rolled in his factory and distributed by his own company, J.R.E. Tobacco, with his son, Gesto. It's a personal, it's a personal family project to create the best yet and I think they did with this thing here. All the cigars this past year it was Aladino that was the best. Now, this was talking about here in 2017, right? This 2020. So, it ain't the best now. This is still a good stick. The Aladino Robusto measures 5 inches with a classic ring gauge of 50. There are many other sizes using the same blend. Deciding what size smokes best seem to be our biggest challenge. They are all great. And that's what I told y'all. I told y'all the sizes. It's consistent right across. I, just, I saw no variations. Well, I did see a little ones a little bit more fuller than the other. That little variation, but far as the notes and 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 the, and the complexity of the cigar, it's a really good smoke, man. Let me tell y'all something, man. Y'all go to JRE, man. Don't focus JRE. They did a good job with this Aladino. I really, really, really enjoyed it and enjoying this stick here tonight. So y'all get a chance, like I always tell y'all, man. Look, y'all go to y'all y'all find y'all local cigar spot. Right? And y'all patronize it. If they ain't got that Aladino, go online to Corona. You know, order you a few for you. You're door, that's fine. But if you ever go to your little cigar spots, make sure you ask for it. If they ain't got it, still find something locally to smoke. Y'all know I'm always promoting local cigar lounges. Y'all know I'm always promoting. Ain't, ain't, ain't nobody paying me for nothing. Anything I talk about, I don't get paid for. I'm not smart enough to get paid for telling y'all about no cigars. Like I say, I ain't no professional. I knows what I like. That's about it. I knows what I like. Now, tonight here, we're going to talk about something that's really, really close to me. Something that happened to me here recently. Man, I tell you, I kind of felt like Eddie Murphy on that movie. You know, on that movie, I, I, well, I get the one that he was, it wasn't trading place. No one trading places. It was the one with Beverly Hills Cop. It was Beverly Hills cop when them two cops were sitting in the car and Eddie Murphy went to put, he put the banana in the tailpipe, right? And they fell for the old banana in the tailpipe trick twice. Man, that's what I fell for. But I didn't fall for this trick here. But I, tonight, I want, we, we gonna take a look at internet fraud and some of these scams out here. Because you know, back in, back in my day, you know, they used to have the internet. They used to have them little letters where you had them Nigerian people sending you over here letters talking about, you know, here's a check for a hundred, for a hundred, a hundred fifty dollars. 
You know, you go to you go to your bank and you put the hundred fifty dollars in your bank, and you, and you take seventy five out and you send me back over here in Africa. People was really falling for that scheme. People really falling for that kind of stuff back in the day. And there's more schemes these days with this internet. But I got one I'm gonna tell y'all about. I'm gonna tell about it. And, and then the witness, the, the the banana tailpipe that they try to put on me. The, the, this little research scam. He it, it talks about here in this little article that uh that that I wrote up for y'all to listen to tell y'all more about this thing. But first of all, here let's take a look at internet fraud and some scams. Then I'm gonna come back and talk to y'all on the flip side about my experience recently that happened to me. That I ain't fall with a banana tailpipe, but it still happened to me. You got to keep your eyes open and stay vigilant. Okay. Now while y'all listen to this thing, I'm gonna keep back with my Aladino. Man, I'm going to kick back in and smoke on this little thing here, and I'm going to catch up with y'all on the other side of this little talk. All right now? All right. Let's take a look at internet fraud and some scams. Internet fraud is a type of fraud or deception which makes use of the internet and could involve hiding of information or providing incorrect information for the purpose of tricking victims out of money, property, and inheritance. Internet fraud is not considered a single, distinctive crime but covers a range of illegal and illicit actions that are committed in cyberspace. It is, however, differentiated from theft since, in this case, the victim voluntarily and knowingly provides the information, money, or property to the perpetrator. It is also distinguished by the way it involves temporally and spatially separated offenders. According to the FBI's 2017 Internet Crime Report, the Internet Crime Complaint Center, IC3, received about 300,000 complaints. Victims lost over $1.4 billion in online fraud in 2017. According to a study conducted by the Center for Strategic and International Studies, CSIS, and McAfee, cybercrime costs the global economy as much as $600 billion, which translates into 0.8% of total global GDP. Online fraud appears in many forms. It ranges from email spam to online scams. Internet fraud can occur even if partly based on the use of Internet services and is mostly or completely based on the use of the Internet. Counterfeit Postal Money Orders According to the FBI, on April 26, 2005 Tom Zeller Jr. wrote an article in the New York Times regarding a surge in the quantity and quality of the forging of U.S. postal money orders, and its use to commit online fraud. In the United States of America, the penalty for making or using counterfeit postal money orders is up to 10 years in jail and slash or a $25,000 fine. Example of Online Automotive Fraud A fraudster uses the web to advertise a non-existent vehicle, typically a luxury or sports car, at well below its market value. The details of the vehicle, including photos and description, are typically lifted from sites such as Craigslist, Autotrader.com, or Cars.com. An interested buyer emails the fraudster, who responds saying the car is still available but is located overseas, or that the seller is out of the country but the car is at a shipping company. The fraudster then instructs the victim to send a deposit or full payment via wire transfer to initiate the shipping process. To make the transaction appear more legitimate, the fraudster will ask the buyer to send money to a fake agent or other a third party that claims to provide purchase protection. The victims wire the funds but then do not receive the vehicle. In response, auto sales websites may post warnings to buyers which warn not to accept offers in which vehicles are shipped, where funds are paid using Western Union or wire transfer, etc. Charity Fraud the scammer poses as a charitable organization soliciting donations to help the victims of a natural disaster, terrorist attack, such as the 9-11 attacks, regional conflict, or epidemic. Hurricane Katrina and the 2004 tsunami were popular targets of scammers perpetrating charity scams, other more timeless scam charities purport to be raising money for cancer, AIDS, or Ebola virus research, children's orphanages, the scammer pretends to work for the orphanage or a non-profit associated with it, or impersonates charities such as the Red Cross or United Way. The scammer asks for donations, often linking to online news articles to strengthen their story of a funds drive. The scammer's victims are charitable people who believe they are helping a worthy cause and expect nothing in return. Once sent, the money is gone and the scammer often disappears, though many attempts to keep the scam going by asking for a series of payments. The victim may sometimes find themselves in legal trouble after deducting their supposed donations from their income taxes. United States tax law states that charitable donations are only deductible if made to a qualified nonprofit organization. The scammer may tell the victim their donation is deductible and provide all necessary proof of donation, but the information provided by the scammer is fictional, and if audited, 
the victim faces stiff penalties as a result of the fraud. Though these scams have some of the highest success rates especially following a major disaster and are employed by scammers all over the world, the average loss per victim is less than other fraud schemes. This is because, unlike scams involving a largely expected payoff, the victim is far less likely to borrow money to donate or donate more than they can spare. Internet Ticket Fraud A variation of internet marketing fraud offers tickets to sought-after events such as concerts, shows, and sports events. The tickets are fake or are never delivered. The proliferation of online ticket agencies and the existence of experienced and dishonest ticket resellers has fueled this kind of fraud. Many such scams are run by British ticket touts, though they may base their operations in other countries. A prime example was the global 2008 Beijing Olympic Games ticket fraud run by US registered exclusive leisure and hospitality, sold through a professionally designed website with the name Beijing 2008 Ticketing. On August 4 it was reported that more than $1.50 million worth of fake tickets had been sold through the website. On August 6 it was reported that the person behind the scam, which was wholly based outside China, was a British ticket tout, Terence Shepard. Gambling Fraud Internet gambling has become a $15 million industry. Every online casino needs an operation license to conduct their business, and the operators may lose their license or even face imprisonment if they do not follow the regulations. Online casinos have become an extremely lucrative as well as competitive industry, with operators introducing new promotions on a daily basis. Promotional activities include attractive bonuses, prize money, jackpots, and other offers aimed at making patrons' online casino experience as memorable as possible. Having a secure software like a 128-bit SSL, secure socket layer, encryption is important. Online gift card fraud. As retailers and other businesses have growing concerns about what they can do about preventing the use of gift cards purchased with stolen credit card numbers, cybercriminals have more recently been focusing on taking advantage of fraudulent gift cards. More specifically, malicious hackers have been trying to get their hands on information pertinent to gift cards that have been issued but not spent. Some of the methods for stealing gift card data include automated bots that launch brute force attacks on retailer systems which store them. First, hackers will steal gift card data, check the existing balance through a retailer's online service, and then attempt to use those funds to purchase goods or to resell on a third-party website. In cases where gift cards are resold, the attackers will take the remaining balance in cash, which can also be used as a method of money laundering. This harms the customer gift card experience, the retailer's brand perception, and can cost the retailer thousands in revenue. Another way gift card fraud is committed is by stealing a person's credit card information to purchase brand new gift cards. Social media and fraud. People tend to disclose more personal information about themselves, e.g. birthday, email, address, hometown and relationship status, in their social networking profiles, Hue 2011. This personally identifiable information could be used by fraudsters to steal users' identities, and posting this information on social media makes it a lot easier for fraudsters to take control of it. The problem of authenticity in online reviews is a long-standing and stubborn one. In one famous incident back in 2004, Amazon's Canadian site accidentally revealed the true identities of thousands of its previously anonymous U.S. book reviewers. One insight the mistake revealed was that many authors were using fake names in order to give their own books favorable reviews. Also, 72% say positive reviews lead them to trust a business more, while 88% say that in the right circumstances, they trust online reviews as much as personal recommendations. While scammers are increasingly taking advantage of the power of social media to conduct criminal activity, astute risk managers and their insurance companies are also finding ways to leverage social media information as a tool to combat insurance fraud. For example, an injured worker was out of work on a worker's compensation claim but could not resist playing a contact sport on a local semi-professional sports team. Through social media and internet searches, investigators discovered that the worker was listed on the team roster and was playing very well. Worst Scams Here are about 20 scams targeting consumers around the world. You must have heard about internet scams or could have even fallen victim once before. You're not alone. Losses from online frauds are 19 times more than offline scams. The trend is growing and means we must be careful about how we use the internet. Let's explore 10 notorious internet scams you might encounter and how to avoid them. Bottom of form. 1. Remote PC repair scams. This scam originates out of India, as victims are contacted by a phone call from scam artists claiming to be a representative of a high-tech computer firm. 
The call is a warning to the victim that their computer has been infected or could be under a threat of being infected by a vicious malware virus that will severely damage their internal operating system. The alleged representative encourages the victim to go online and allow them to troubleshoot the computer. This will help to fix all of the related issues immediately. The representative will use this time to infect the computer with a malware virus that will do severe damage to the internal operating system and force the owner to go to a third-party website to confirm the damage. The goal of this scam is to force the computer owner to immediately pay for unnecessary repair work over the phone by using a credit card. First, never give anyone remote access to your computer, as you should hire a local repair service whenever possible. It's rare that a PC representative would call a computer user to alert them of a virus threat. Unfortunately, too many individuals have fallen for this scam and often report their personal identity has been stolen soon after the phone encounter. Identity Theft Risk Consumers who have been contacted by tech support scammers could have had their personal information breached. Two fake slash counterfeit scam. Today's internet world has brought a number of online stores to the forefront, as they cater to all particular needs. Often, it's too difficult to determine which sites are legit or a threat to steal your personal information. Many of these unreliable online stores are known to originate out of China, as they mimic actual websites that sell name brands. The attraction is selling popular items, which are counterfeit, at a reduced price to a very willing clientele. The goal is to get them to make impulse purchases and provide their personal information that can be sold on the black market. In some cases, identity thieves will send their counterfeit products via the mail to unsuspecting victims to keep them clueless that their identity has been taken away from them. Too often, large corporations are the first to discover these fake online stores and take immediate action to have them shut down. If you need to verify the authenticity of a website, then contact one of the brands that you're interested to purchase by using the information provided on their contact page. 3. Fraudulent slash fake check scam One of the more popular scams currently taking place, as scam artists are convincing unknowing victims to accept a fraudulent check in exchange for cash. They send out an elaborate email detailing how they're having troubles cashing a check, and would anyone be kind enough to help them gain immediate cash into the hands. Whoever responds to their request will receive an added bonus for their troubles. The endorsed check bounces and the victim is left with no money in their bank account. 4. Pets for Sale Scam A pet for sale scam involves scammers creating a fake website that offers pet adoption or providing individuals an opportunity to make a donation to a fictitious animal nursery. The website showcases a wide variety of animals that can be adopted at significantly lower than the market price. Victims are required to only pay for the insurance and other fees associated with shipping their new pet to their home. The only form of payment accepted is a MoneyGram, Western Union, or a non-returning money transfer to an overseas bank account. Try to avoid paying for a pet by transferring money into another person's bank account. ScamGuard can assist with securing information of reliable animal breeders in your area. 5. Grant Scam This scheme involves scam artists purchasing legitimate consumer information from the top corporations in our country, as these businesses are led to believe this inquiry is an opportunity to offer some form of financial assistance to customers who have severe debt issues. These scam artists pose as government officials that are offering a unique opportunity to gain grant money for a processing fee. The goal is to get the victims to give up their immediate savings for an opportunity to gain that last big payday. Plus after completing the scam, the personal information gained will be sold to the highest bidder on the black market. 6. Collection Agency Scam Scam artists are well aware that collection agencies have the right to contact individuals who are behind in their monthly bills. They represent themselves as a representative of a fictitious collection agency that is threatening a lawsuit unless the victim settles their current debt issue. Some scam artists support their claims with actual information about the person's bad credit history. This type of scam can go on for a long period of time, as the phone call harassment will continue until the victim breaks down and makes a payment over the phone. A few months later, the same vicious cycle begins once again to acquire more money from a helpless victim. 7. House-slash-vacation property rental scam The collapse of the housing market has made prospective owners opt toward renting a home and vacation properties. Scam artists have made this trend their new targets, as they advertise fictitious properties for rent. They attract victims with attractive pictures and detailed information on the property. The suggested rental price will be well below the current market, as scam artists will only converse with prospective renters via VOIP phone number that's located in a foreign country. After an agreement is in place, the first month's rental payment must be made through a money transfer process. 8. Payday Loan Scam Scam artists love prying on victims at their utmost vulnerable moment. Usually, 
During difficult financial times, victims resort to taking out a high-interest loan. Scam artists use the situation by creating a website that entices desperate individuals to apply for a loan to clear the debt away. Representatives from these fake websites call victims to tell them they have qualified for a low-interest loan, but to gain immediate access to the money, the victim must pay a security fee. This payment entails verifying if the individual has the income necessary to repay the loan back. Other variations of the scam include requesting for bank account information to set up a direct deposit of the loan money. In the end, the loan never follows through, as the victim is out of the fee payment and still in debt. 9. Timeshare Resale Scam Timeshare property has been a part of the biggest scams for decades, as the thought of sharing an ideal vacation resort property at a reduced cost. The scam preys on the myth to unload the property for a large profit. First, the timeshare owner must pay an upfront fee that includes an updated property appraisal, closing, and broker's fee. To protect yourself, read the contract closely because the wording can be confusing, yet still binding if you put your signature on the dotted line. 10. Working from home scam. Every person's dream is working from home on an everyday basis. After all, it's a dream to avoid the stresses of commuting back and forth from our homes to the workplace. This scam centers around setting up a fictitious website that offers a work-at-home position within the International Shipping Department. The victim goes through the interview process on instant messenger or email correspondence. Once hired, the company begins to send packages to the new employee's home with explicit instructions on how to inspect the product before shipping it elsewhere. Soon after, communication between the company and employee ceases, as they receive a fictitious paycheck that's greater than time worked. Finally, the employee is able to get in contact with their employer about the overpayment in their paycheck. The company confirms the mistake and tells the employee to send the difference back before depositing the check. Unfortunately, the victim will receive notice that the paycheck has bounced with no recourse to recover the money from their vanished employer. 11. Advance Fee Fraud The advance fee fraud is the commonest of internet scams. As the name implies, this scheme works by requesting for advance payment. The scammer will send you some products and services they sell slash offer, usually at an unbeatable price. Then they demand payment of a small advanced fee, say 10%. To legitimize the scam, they claim that this money is for processing your order. The moment you pay the fee, they bounce onto the next victim. To avoid being a victim, you must never deal with a stranger online without some form of insurance. The best type of insurance, in this case, is an escrow service. That way, the stranger only gets your money if he fulfills his end of the bargain. Escrow is also dirt cheap by the way. 12. The Impersonation Scam In this form of internet scam, the scammer poses as a long-time acquaintance slash family and requests to get to you. They contact you on social media or telephone with an air of familiarity. Then next comes the barrage of excuses why they are stuck in a remote location and can't get out. One of the favorite reasons they give is that they got mugged. Another is that they lost some essential possession and needed urgent help. Then, they go on to ask for some form of financial aid from you. The moment you grant it, these fraudsters got you. Always scrutinize familiar contacts before granting any requests. A person impersonating your high school buddy should know what your buddy knows, such as where you both hung out and played football. If they don't, end the communication. 13. Charity and Relief Internet Scams Scammers have no honor, so don't expect them to play by the same ethical mores as you. The relief and charity scam is one of the most effective scams in recent times. The format is simple, the scammer pulls up a sad photo of a child, people, etc. in a terrible situation. They then spend a bit of time exaggerating their story about these people. After the story, they proceed to ask that you donate some money to this cause. The reason why this internet scam is efficient is that it plays on your emotions. To stay away from this fraud, always ensure you verify the source of the charity. If possible, request to see some form of documentation before you donate. Most times, a little research online is all that you need to expose these fraudsters. 14. Extortion and Blackmail Scams This form of online scam involves the scammer threatening you with some leverage. This leverage may be real or imagined. Fraudsters can use private sexual media content of their victim to blackmail them. These criminals may threaten to upload the content online if the victim fails to comply. To comply usually means paying outrageous sums of money. The terrible nature of this scam is that it is the long term. It could go on for as long as the fraudster desires, and payment often does not solve the problem. To avoid getting into this form of trouble, always lock your private devices.
Never share sensitive content with untrustworthy people. Talk to a qualified reputation management attorney. You may report to your local authorities immediately if someone tries the stunt on you. 15. Phishing Internet Scams This type of scam involves some level of intelligence. The scammer sends you an email containing some vital information. They design the email to resemble a legitimate email from big brands. The content of the email will request that you do some form of verification. There is always some form of urgency attached to the email. The scammers put a link for you to conduct your verification in the email. That verification link leads to web application designed to steal your private information. To avoid being a victim, always inspect the sender email with carefulness. The email may be a good copy but can never match the exact address of the original brand they are impersonating. Also, if you are unsure of your next step at any point, contact the company support immediately. 16. Lawsuit and Legal Fee Scam This form of scam works because it preys on emotions. The scammer often calls their victim impersonating police officers. They could also impersonate some law enforcement agency. They claim that the victim has an outstanding legal battle or fines. They proceed by demanding immediate payments, and threaten the victim with immediate legal action if they fail to comply by paying the fines. If you ever get this sort of call, don't panic. Place another call to the organization your caller claims to be a member of and request for clarification. This call is usually enough to verify the authenticity of such calls. 17. The Email Attachment Scam The email attachment scam is another intelligent form of fraud. It works on the curiosity of the victims. The scammer sends an email to their victim with an attachment. The curious victim proceeds to open the email and view the attachment. This action installs malware or spyware on the victim's PC. This malware steals their private information for the scammer. Never open an email attachment if you don't recognize the sender. 18. Hijacked Profile Scam This type of scam is popular with the social media. The hacker finds a way to access your profile. They do this by stealing your information through suspicious links you visited, then proceed to demand some form of compensation before they release your account to you. If you ever fall for this sort of scam, contact the support team of the social media account. They will restore your ownership and may even be able to identify the perpetrator. Always use your social media accounts with carefulness. Also, avoid clicking or following suspicious links. 19. Online Quiz and Games Scam This form of internet scam is pretty basic. The hacker sends you a message containing a link to a quiz or game. This game slash quiz could be harmless in itself. The problem starts when they demand some verification before they let you play. Sometimes the website may request that you input sensitive details during registration too. Stay away from any quiz or game that requires credit or phone information. The game slash quiz may be harmless or not. Best not to find out. 20. Survey Scam The internet scams involving surveys work like the email attachment scam. The victim receives a link asking that they take part in a survey. Some of these polls promise some form of reward upon completion. As soon as the victim clicks the link, a dangerous malware installs on their PC. This malware steals and sends their information to the scammer. Always avoid visiting suspicious websites. Also, never open links sent to you from strangers. Wrapping this up. The internet is like every other city. Your safety depends on where you go and how you use it. Next time you boot your PC for some online time, keep watch. You might be the next target for internet scams. Always listen to your intuition. And most of all, rein in your greed at all times. <laughs> what y'all think about that? Internet fraud and some scams. Let me tell y'all something, man. They got some scams going on here today. But let me tell y'all about this this, 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 this little one. I'm, I'm going to tell y'all about three that personally happened to me. The first one, um, guy told me, guy told me about this little resale uh, app thing. I guess it's called, it was called Let It Go. Let It Go, right? Let It Go. He said you can find all kind of good deals on that. And if you got stuff to sell, you can sell stuff on that too. So I had this Denver Broncos shoulder bag that I had made. So I say, well, you know, I'm going to get this little let go thing here a little try, right? So I put, so I put my little thing online, put my little internet uh, email information in. That's all you needed. You know, all this kind of stuff like that. And I started getting these people supposed to be interested in it, right? The first time they contacted me, they said they was interested in it, right? We went back and forth a little bit. Then they asked me for my phone number. Now, I ain't know what's going on, so I gave them my phone number, right? So when I gave them my phone number, right, 
they called, they, they emailed me back and they said they needed my phone number again. I guess for confirmation. I ain't sent it to it because I felt so kind of way. Why you need my phone number? If I gave you my phone number the first time like a fool, why you need it again? And then you need this other information, right? So I wouldn't give it to him. So finally, I, I, sent, I, sent, I sent them an email, told them, well, you give me your number. When I told them, give, give, give me Dave's number, I ain't hear from him again. Then I got another email from somebody else pulling that little same scheme on my phone number. So I was listening to this podcast, and this podcast, they had a question from somebody. They had the same experience. Well, 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 uh, where they get on sites like Let Go and some of these sites, and people supposed to be interested in something, and they contact them on their phone number. Well, that was a scheme for people to get your phone number so the hackers can hack into your phone and take your information. It was, a, it was a phone scam that was going on for people trying to get your phone number, get in your phones and get your information. And then they can lock your phone up too and sometimes charge you ransom for your phone. But I tell people like this all the time. If you if if if, if you hijack my computer or you hijack my phone, talking about a goddamn uh, you talking about a ransom, then that then that my phone and your computer if my computer information, that's all yours. You can have it. I ain't paying nobody no doggone ransom. Ain't nothing I got that important for somebody to pay a ransom for. But that's what people do, Don. They got these phone scams, right? Where they want to get your phone number so they can so they can tap and hack your phone and get your information. So anytime you online with let it go or any kind of a shopping thing for sale or anything like that, people ask for your phone. Don't give people your phone number, right? You give me your email address because most everybody got an old dog email address. When I mean a dog email address is a dump email address. But don't be giving people your phone number. Then when they ask when they ask for you the same information twice, that's a signal that something is wrong, right? So that takes me here to uh, to to last week. Last week, you know, I was supposed to be moving, you know, getting, get, you know, getting my place, you know, in a few weeks. So I figure on, I say, you know, I, I'm kind of cheap. So I say, man, I ain't going to buy no whole new furniture. And one of the cigar buddies, he say, have you ever looked on a site called Offer Up? And I say, no, I ain't never heard of Offer Up. So we looking at Offer Up, and I say, well, this thing has pretty information, pretty good stuff here. Look like some pretty good stuff here in the local area that you know people selling all that kind of stuff like that, right? So, I'm cruising on it, looking, looking, you know, looking for furniture, you know, couches or recliners and stuff like that. And I run across this one about uh, this, uh, this this Chevrolet Tahoe. Now, I love them old Chevrolet Tahoes, you know, around about, you know, 90, 97, 98, 99. So, I run across this 1999 Chevy Tahoe. Too good to be true. You know, first sign. Uh, they wanted uh, $1,500 for I'm like, $1,500 for a 19... A, 19, a 1998 and it had 97,000 miles on it. I'm like, wait a minute now. $59,000. And it was pristine condition. In and out. Pristine condition. In and out, right? So I say, so, you know, I want to play a little bit. I want to see what's going on here, right? So usually them, them Chevy Tahoe's like that, them cars can get up to 225,000 miles easy. Matter of fact, I looked on Car Guru, right? For the same car, you know, a 19, I think it was 1998, yeah, 1998, you know, and I saw some on there, 1998 Chevy Tahoe the same year, 2011, yeah, 2011, for around about twelve, thirteen thousand dollars $13,000. Now, here this person was selling for $1,500, right? So, I contacted them, right? I contacted them, and they sent me back a long email from uh, some, some, matter of fact, what I want to do here, what I'm going to do here. I'm gonna read y'all the email. That's what I want to do, right? Y'all, y'all, give me a second here. I'm gonna pull the email up because I said I was gonna do that. I said I was gonna read the email to y'all online. So y'all, give me a minute here to pull this email up, and I'm gonna come right back. Okay? All right, now I found the email here. Okay, now y'all take a look at this here. This is about the Tahoe, right? This is me to me to Emily sixty one. What's the email address? It's me to Emily sixty one sh at gmail.com. Y'all spam that thing if y'all want to. Okay, this is my question initially. Do you still have truck for sale? Emily Shelton says, Hi, thank you for emailing me about my 2008 Chevrolet Tahoe 4x4 LTZ with 97,905 miles. Up to date on all the services and recently serviced on 1129. 2019 and has been well kept its entire life clean and clear title and fully paid for 
has never been in an accident. The exterior is in great condition and the interior is in perfect shape with no rips, tears, or signs of wear. It's also non-smoker. Right there, you can never trust a non-smoker. Person never smoked a cigar before, you can't trust them. <laughs> All right, I'm just kidding with y'all. Okay, the engine 5.3 V8, an automatic transmission, run absolutely perfect. It looks and drives like new and needs nothing. I know the price of $1,500 is way under the market's value. I'm selling it because I lost my spouse two months ago before last, uh, before last to lung cancer that has materialized to his bones and finally the brain. The vehicle brings me only bad memories when I see it. I feel more pain in my heart. There's nothing that anyone can say to make you stop feeling alone or suddenly stop grieving magically. I love him so much. Now I want to sell the vehicle as soon as possible. I'm a flight attendant at American Airlines, originally from California. After this nightmare, I decided to sell my house from San Clemente, California. That means that they in prison. <laughs> or just get out of prison. It's like a bit day. And I moved my two kids in Hampton, Montana, where my parents live. Please be free to look at the pictures, including and Carfax here on my album. Now, that just like I'm telling y'all, y'all, y'all listen to in the little talk that I gave. This is the same scam they talked about with these cars here, right? I'm not interested if you want to buy with payments or you don't have the total amount or you need financing. See, now they want to start they tough like they ain't desperate now. I'm tired of these people without interest. Just like me, just like me, know if you are interested, just let me know if you are interested in buying it or if you have any questions and I will get back to you ASAP. With respect, Emily Shelton. Okay, y'all hear Miss Emily, right? All right, now, okay, here we go. This is me. Hello. First of all, so sorry for your loss. I just lost my grandma two weeks ago, so I seriously understand. Regarding the truck, I'm very interested to see it. I have been watching a long time for a good vehicle like yours. Cash is a problem. Are you available on Fridays or Saturdays for a viewing? All right. Now, this show near coming back here. Hi. Thank you for emailing me. Okay, nope, nope, not that one. Not that one, not that one, not that one. Oh, not that one, not that one. Hold on, hold on. I'm getting to it. Hold on. I got to get to the other, other meeting. Okay, all right. All right. Now, this is me. Just looked at the pics. Very interesting. Again, cash is the problem. I live in blank, blank, blank and can drive up to sea Thursday evening on Friday. Okay, now this is Emily saying now. She say, I appreciate your response in my email. I told you that I have moved my two to my parents in Montana. Okay, now, I'm thinking she was like in Gainesville. That's why I say I drive up. But I didn't read the email good. You know, I should have recollect when she said she moved from San Clemente to Montana. You know, meaning whoever this person is probably just got out of prison and moved to Montana with their parents, okay? All right. All right. I appreciate your response to my email. I told you that I moved to my parents in Montana. They can take care of my kids because my work requires flying a lot of time, more than 10 hours. That just gave me just too much information, especially personal information. A few weeks ago, I used Amazon Logistics Worldwide to sell my camper. Now, the person had a camper too, you see. I used Amazon Logistics Worldwide to sell my camper. This transaction was successful, and I got the money from them. The best part is that they gave me a voucher to ship for free with their company. So you don't pay for the shipping. The vehicle with all the papers are now to the shipping company, located in Billings, Montana. And it's ready to be delivered to the new owner. I want to use their escrow and transport service as they offer 100% protection and insurance to the buyers and sellers. The sales strictly run according to the rules and regulations of the federal government. Now, remember I told you I went on my podcast? If you want to put some teeth behind something like an insurance company, right, you always say it's backed by the government. <laughs> according to the rules and regulations of the federal government, governed by the Uniform Electronic Transaction Act, Civil Code Section 1633 uh, ETS sequence. Now, they keep going down, really putting all kind of government backing, and you know, it's you know, this is legit because we're going by the government regulations. You know, really trying to sound official here, right? Uh, governing escrow regulations. You will now, here it is now. You will submit the payment to the company, 
They would secure your money in the trust account and you would get the tracking number. The vehicle should be at your door within three to four days with all the necessary papers. Clear title, bill of sale, signed by me, user's manual, insurance, etc. The clear thing is that you have five days to try it out before making any purchase. And if by any reason you find something you don't like, you can send it back without any expense. Come on now. It's going to tell you about $1,000 ship that vehicle from Montana to Florida. And then you don't like it, you're going to send another $1,000 back. You only pay $1,500 for the vehicle. Come on, man. All right. They hold your money safe until you confirm that this vehicle is what you have expected. And if you want to buy it, it is not a sight unseen deal. On the other hand, I can ship my vehicle knowing that they have your money and you won't disappear with my vehicle. We are both covered. If you are interested in knowing more about how it works, you can reply with your full name, full shipping address, and phone number so I can notify them that you have chosen as the buyer. They will contact you right away with all the details with no obligations to buy it. God bless you. Now you put a little God bless at the end. <laughs> oh man, I tell you, these people really, really sound kind of crazy. But they, you know, they sound legit. They got everything. They got a sob story, okay? They got they got a process, a legitimate process in place. They're throwing up government regulations, right? You know, trying to put some government teeth behind it, showing that they're following all the all the rules of engagement. Business wise, and then at the end, they throw a heartfelt "God bless you" in there, showing showing that everything is fine as long as religion, long as religion is in it, right? Uh, man, I take it they had it all covered, right? And this was me, all right. <laughs> I said, "Wow, sounds like a good deal," but I have an escrow company. I work with a few times shipping car from California to Florida. Mind if we use my escrow service? <laughs> And you know what, after that, I heard crickets from them. Didn't hear no more from them at all. They never respond back after that, right? When I told them, you know what, I got an escrow, I got a, I got an escrow company. Why don't we use my escrow company? After I said that, I ain't hear no more back from them. It's a scam, right? Right? I give some escrow company that I don't even know my $1,500. They ship a vehicle down here. The Florida is going to cost about $900,000 shipped to Florida. I got five days to rescind the offer and send it back if I don't like it. Then that's going to be another $1,000 shipping back there. With. So that's $2,000 in the hole for a $1,500 car. If that ain't a scam, I don't know what a scam is. So I told them, look, I got an escrow account. Why don't I put my money in my escrow account? My escrow account is, is my pocket. Send me your vehicle. If I like it, I'll send you the $1,500 back. Right? Uh, that's my school account. Crickets. Ain't hear nothing from them. Scams. That's all. The, the, the internet is a beautiful thing, but the internet has created so many opportunities for not just for worldwide scammers. You know, you can scam people from, you, you, you could be in the Philippines somewhere. You, know, you could be in India somewhere. You could be in, in Africa somewhere, somewhere African cafe. Just scheming people. Because you know what? If, 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 if you send a thousand stuff like this here out there, a thousand stuff like this, one person going to bite. Now, this is what's on, this was on offer up. When I'm on offer up, see, a lot of these platforms, they don't filter stuff out. They just put these platforms up, and they let people put stuff up. They don't filter this stuff. Now, I'm going to report this people, these people right here. I'm going to report this, this scam here. Cause see, because somebody didn't fail for it or go forward for it. You don't never give your money up to anything sight unseen. Now, let me tell you something now. I've been sucking a few times. But as I get older, I get wiser. And this is what this internet thing. Y'all got to be careful when you go online. If anything sounds like it's too good to be true, that means it is. You ain't getting no, you ain't getting no 2008 Tahoe truck for $1,500 in mid condition with all that shipping back and forth for $1,500. It's a scam. People run all kind of scam these days. The internet makes it so easy. Because again, it goes out of our glutability. Everybody wants a good deal. Everybody wants to sound like feel like they're getting a hit on somebody else. So a lot of times what these people do is they take advantage of our greed, our stupidity, our materialism.
and we fall for the banana in the tailpipe. Just like on that movie with uh, Eddie Murphy, Beverly Hills Cop, the banana in the tailpipe. And then we want to get mad when somebody scams us. I'm going to tell you another, another, another thing. Some of these credit police people be out here talking about they'll fix your credit. I told y'all how that worked, right? Even the legit companies, how they borrow cheap money and no interest. How they consolidate your debt then charge you an interest on top of it to pay them back. Right? They pay off the uh, the, the bank the cheap money as if it's an interest. And then now you paying them the interest on what they consolidate for you. When all that you got to do is pay your doggone bill. If you old people pay them. You, 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 can't, you can't be running your bill. You can't be running your debt up. Buying all this stuff out here. Then all of a sudden now you can't afford it. Now you don't want to pay people. See, that's how, that's how you get a position, a position where you get scammed by some of these credit repair people. They're going to fix your credit and they're going and, and they to jock you. Like the, I was uh, talking to this one girl and she got this some jaggly going to fix her credit report. And every week her credit is, she's getting a one point here, two point, three points here. Her credit's going up because this person is putting fraudulent stuff on her credit, making it sound like she's cleaning stuff up. You know, that's how, this, this, this is how we fall for scams out of our stupidity and our greed and we get ourselves in trouble. She paying somebody to, to fraudulently fix her credit. If you run all that stuff up, that's your debt. You got to pay for it. My daddy say never pay for something you can't afford. Because if you, if you run it up, you can't afford to pay for it. See, that's why companies these days are also at the same time too. To get a job at a decent place, they run a credit background, credit on you. Now, when I was a young, somebody hire you, your credit had, had nothing to do with somebody hiring you. But if you want to get a decent job with a decent company, they're going to do a background check on you to see what your credit is like. Because if you got bad credit, I don't want to work for me if they got bad credit. If they got bad credit, that means they'll do anything. They'll steal, they'll do anything if they got bad credit. So they try to get out of debt. I can't trust somebody who don't pay their bills. This is how we get in trouble with these scams. So I'm just saying, when y'all on that internet, y'all y'all best to watch them scams out there. Because they out there and they waiting on you. And a lot of these places online that's selling stuff, you know, you got to watch it. And you got to watch the information that people ask for. And you got to ask questions too. That's all I'm saying. Now y'all know, like I always tell y'all, man, look, get you a nice cigar, go find your nice cigar spot, go sit there, chill and relax. Shop for y'all cigars online. You can build up your humidor at a decent price. But always support your local cigar lounge. Now, I'm going to get on out of here now. I'm going to finish smoking my little Aladino. I think, I, I think, I think I'm going to make a little run in my car. But, you know, in my little work car, I can smoke in it. So I ain't got to put my little cigar out. I can keep the little Aladino. And I can go ahead and do my thing. And little bull of smoke off the window like chicken chong. <laughs> but I ain't smoking no wacky dust. <laughs> All right there, y'all. Y'all get out of here now. Y'all know like I always tell y'all in life. Y'all take care of everybody. But more importantly, y'all take care of yourself first. All right.